The Black Phone is the latest horror film from director Scott Derrickson, and it stars Ethan Hawke as a creepy kidnapper named The Grabber. Today we'll discuss the film's premise, its young cast, its period setting, and how it stacks up against Derrickson's previous genre film, Sinister. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tim. <laughs> Why so glum, Timmy? I was doing the grabber thing. I, I, I got it, I, I got it. <laughs> uh, this is a horror movie podcast, we get together, we talk about horror film, and today we are talking about the Black Phone, one of the bigger releases from this year that we haven't gotten to yet. And of course, you bring, see bring. the or- you see the orange on the screen. It is it is October. It's the October October. <laughs> this is the first one we're recording for October. But I mean, mm-hmm. I have no idea what the order is going to be when they're actually released because uh, we may I may intentionally put something else first. But uh, happy October! Shocking. Hopefully, you're enjoying. <laughs> the festivities uh, and any extra episodes we can pump out we don't know how many we're going to be able to pump out but we'll do our damnedest um i'm sure some people are like uh, october but spooky season started for me on uh, september 1st well sorry that's not the way it works <laughs> october like, is a spooky month uh yeah the september is is nothing <laughs> Look, t- Tim can only feasibly neglect his child for a month, okay? Like, we, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we can't, can't, can't do it all September as well. Um, but yes, welcome, welcome. Uh, so, The Black Phone was one of the bigger releases of this year. It's a Blumhouse movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, like half of all horror movies now are Blumhouse. Um, <laughs> so, that doesn't surprise me. It is directed by Scott Derrickson who is a director that I am not fond of. Um, I have lots of strong <laughs> opinions on a number of his films. And uh, we'll get into we'll get into it. We'll start spoiler free, of course. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, you want to get our thoughts before we dive into all the the, the juicy spoiler details. Then don't worry, we'll get you covered. Uh, we'll talk about our general impressions and just sort of what the, the setup of the movie is first. But uh, stars Ethan Hawke as the villain, who is known as the mm-hmm. Grabber in this. Mm-hmm. It is set in the seventies. Which I actually didn't know when I, I sat down to watch it a couple hours ago, and I was like, "Oh, we're starting in a, a time period. Interesting." And then I, th- I, th- <laughs> I thought it was going to flash forward to like present days. Like, oh no, it's just in the seventies. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's about kids, uh, young boys who are being kidnapped and presumably murdered by someone in a mysterious black van who may or may not be Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> our main kid is a character named Finney who, I'm sure this is not the case, but in my heart, I like to believe he's named after Finn Wolfhard because he is the, the, the kid from Stranger Things and it <laughs> and other, you know, movies and shows that are based around kids. So. Yeah. I assumed he, uh, he had Finns <laughs> under his clothes. <laughs> or maybe his parents were just a big fan of Jaws and thought, I want to call mm. our son Finny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was either yeah, it was either Bruce or Finney, and yeah, Finney won out. <laughs> uh, or Amney. Yeah. Why don't you walk out of class? Here's Amney. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we. I've, you know, um, since having a kid and stuff, and you know, my my wife is on a lot of the, you know, like apps for for mothers and 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 stuff, and. Uh, you hear a lot of different kids' names, and oh boy, some of the, 
uh, some of the names out there are—you'd uh, be surprised. Uh, I don't know if I would be. I feel like I'm um, prepped for the insanity. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Davies the worst is, in this, is like so? just regular. I'm sorry. I mean, no offense to people with weird names, but I, I still understand the just like having like a regular name, but with just like the craziest spelling. Like, oh, it's Jason, but with an X and like two N's <laughs> and a Y and. So you're saying it's like Madison with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think it is. <laughs> oh, oh, Peter, you and your, you and your memes. <laughs> Please go one episode without you referencing She-Hulk. To be fair, you just set that up like perfectly. <laughs> to be fair, actually, I do think that was a, a funny joke. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So, I well, if anything, you're not really insulting the person. You're insulting the parents for being stupid. It's not the person's fault. They get oh, yeah, absolutely. With yeah. a weird spelling. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Jeremy Davis is in this. He plays Finney's father. I was not expecting to see him, so that was a, a surprise. Um, his sister, Gwen, is played by Madeline McGraw, which isn't particularly notable, except for the fact that I was convinced it was the same girl from Psycho Gorman the whole movie until I looked it up <laughs> and turned out it wasn't. But she looks so much like, at least from my memory, mm -hmm. anyway, she looks a lot like her. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping for a Psycho Gorman uh cameo or like he'll sort the grabber out that's, that's all we need um but yes so obviously our main character uh finney like there's all these stories early on of these kids being kidnapped uh and then ultimately he is kidnapped himself which is really the the, the real start of the movie where things get going mm -hmm. and that is the gist of it he's held captive by the grabber uh, whilst his sister is you know wanting to find him uh, so that's the basic premise of the, of the film, mm -hmm. of the black phone. And you're probably thinking, where, Maybe... does, this, where does this phone come into play? It's like, don't worry, it's mm. there when he gets kidnapped. There's a black phone <laughs> in the room. It's, you know, we'll get to that. But uh, and, and, you know, maybe notable to point out is that this was based on a, uh, a short story by Joe Hill. So. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, there you go. So, yeah, based on, based on a Joe Hill story. Um, yeah, so I went into this with, you know, kind of muted expectations because mm -hmm. I do not like Scott Derrickson as a director. I have not liked any of his films. Um, you know, Sinister is obviously fairly well-liked, and I like the stuff movie element of it, but I hate all the supernatural parts and uh, everything mm -hmm. with Bagul, I think his name was. <laughs> but, uh, <yes. laughs> um, he did... Man, you pronounce Bagel. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be even harder to take take the kick him seriously if his name was Bagel. Yeah. <gasps> I was just thinking of, uh, that was a, a joke on Community. Ah, oh, was it? Okay, I don't remember that. Yeah. I do love community, though. I do love community. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, what's her face? It would say bagel, and they all made fun of her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a brat who couldn't pronounce bagel correctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the, you know, Scott Derrickson, Sinister, Day of the Earth, still remake, Hellraiser 5. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's got some turds. Uh, most people, he, I mean, a lot of people. Exorcism of Emily Rose, I believe he did. He did do that. I've not seen that, though, so I can't comment on that one. Okay. A lot of people will stick up for Sinister, right? Like I admit there's, yep. there's a bit of a, uh, a d divisive, you know, opinion on that. Um, I, I feel generally like... people seem to like it. Okay, maybe right. I'm in the minority then. Whatever. The point is, is that, <laughs> you know, it's not a generally hated film, whereas I yeah. think that The Day They Are Still Still Remake and Hellraiser 5, most sensible people think those are shit. <laughs> 
I I think Hellraiser five. Well, I think Day of the Earth stood still is just like forgotten. Like I, you know, I I bet even most people that have seen it probably don't remember. I saw it and I don't remember anything about it. Um, I think Hellraiser five. I think it has a little bit of a cult following. Like I I would say most normal people don't make it <laughs> that far into the series. Uh, but I do think like I don't know it's the people that watch it like you know maybe they don't rave about it, but. Uh, I think there are some people that are like, you know, that one's actually like not too bad, which I mean, I don't like it, but, but I do think it at, at least as far as the sequels go, that one has like at least a little bit it's of love. trash is the word. I, mean, I, don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I think it's awful as well. Who, but... who are these depraved individuals <laughs> that are given a following? They're out there. <laughs> who are they? <laughs> What is their childhood trauma? Come on, though. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so, you know, not a fire Scott Derrickson, then like Doctor Strange either. That seems less relevant to this conversation, I, but... Yeah, I, ha- I hated Doctor Strange. Though. Yeah. So, naturally, I, you know, I'm not getting into this with all that much buzz or excitement, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm with an open mind. Uh, you know, some people seem to quite like it. Uh, I know you'd seen mm-hmm. it a while ago and were, you know, mixed. There was things you liked, things you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel after seeing it again for this? Uh, so, I mean, I I guess generally the same, If but probably tipping a bit more on the negative side. Uh, to me, I, I think ultimately this is a pretty frustrating movie because they're... I I do think there are compelling parts to it, but the parts that are bad, like, just really bug me. The the thing with Scott Derrickson is, uh, yeah, I would not say I'm a fan either. Um, I, you know, I, I shouldn't let this affect the movies, but I, I do think he's uh, a pretty annoying person, like, online and <laughs> on podcasts. Like, any, anytime I see him, it's just, he says a lot of very eye-rolly stuff, a lot of weird stuff. He was bragging the other day about um, the instagram uh accounts of all of his young co-stars on the movie which was like weird um it's like oh my god like look at all those stars from my movie look how many instagram follows i have like calm down dude like you have more money than most people will ever see just like shut up and go offline um and, and like the but uh, but i don't know I, I don't think he's like necessarily talentless like you know, a lot of the movies that you mentioned, well, I guess, I mean, uh, yeah, Hellraiser, I, I think is really bad. Sinister, I guess I have kind of a similar feeling where I'm also kind of mixed on it. Like, there's things I like, I like the ideas, but then where it really falters for me is the horror elements, because, I, I don't know, like, he gets good actors in his movies, and they give good performances, uh, although I think some of the kid actors in this are pretty bad, but... um but like you know I, I think he has like some shots that look pretty uh but then like his horror stuff which you know essentially these are horror movies that we're here to see is just like you know the very cheap generic studio horror crap like jump scares and bullshit like that that you know we always rail against and get mad about and i don't know it's weird to me that i feel like he's kind of a beloved like horror director like maybe like normal people don't know him by name but I, you know i think there's like a lot of normie people that um you know i, I probably sound like i'm like gatekeeping or whatever like you know it, it's fine if, if you normies, like the movies or whatever the filthy casuals <laughs> but i mean you know people that aren't like us that are like watching horror movies every day and like looking at them like through critical lenses or whatever like uh you know i i think if they don't know his name but if you say like sinister they'll be like oh yeah i love that movie like oh that guy rules or whatever um 
but no i i think his horror stuff is garbage and i and i think uh you know maybe it'll probably be easier to talk about like when we get into spoilers and stuff but the kind of the main storyline in this i do find uh pretty interesting and i do like to watch um so i like the device of the black phone and i like how the story kind of builds on it like you know he's you know talking to these you know i don't want to get too spoilery but i mean if you've seen the trailer or whatever you you know essentially he's like talking to the ghosts of the victims or whatever um but i like how like you know every time he talks to someone it kind of like unlocks like a new thing that he can do or he can try and the movie does build uh, upon itself until you get to the end and then you know he's using like all the things he learns like uh that stuff to me is uh very interesting but then it's just mired in a lot of really dumb stuff i really did not enjoy the sister character at all um when i saw this in theaters people thought she was the funniest thing because she was a little kid and she swore oh my god that's so funny that's uh oh that's just uh that's that's humor man uh i i thought it was so grating and uh apologies but i did not think she was a good actress but that's fine because children shouldn't be actors uh we should just cgi like children into movies now because oh, whoa, uh, <laughs> I, thought of it. I don't know if i agree with us no 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 no, no. Why, uh, like, why are we messing up these children's like childhood like so that they can like just i don't know, not have a normal life and grow up to be like super weird when we can just like cgi like it, like it's the same reason why like yeah you don't want to you know have an animal that uh, on a movie or what like you, you know you can't just put a gorilla in, into a movie like anymore like you, you should you get cgi the gorilla in so you should do the same thing with kids um but uh I don't know. I, I lost my point. But yeah, the, the whole sister subplot <laughs> uh, I thought was dumb. There's weird injections of like humor into this that are so unfunny and off putting to me. Like there's uh I, I guess I'll just say the brother character, which I found like completely uh unfunny and so jarring uh just to throw in the middle of this, you know, very oh, okay. serious I, dour I, movie. I got really confused for a second. But oh, not I, funny, I, yeah. I, the... I realized whose brother you're talking about now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I sorry. About, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, this movie's not really fun. It's like very serious. And I feel like it's trying so hard to be some, be something more like, um, you know, like, like people talk about elevated horror movies and it's very eye rolly. Like this to me, I feel like is trying like really hard to be one. Cause it's like, you know, yeah, like we're going to show like scenes of like child abuse and like, yeah, it, it's so pointless. Like it really, like, I, I kind of understand the point they're trying to make, but I think it, is totally unnecessary to the movie and really does not um have any like plot relevance although like you know i i think they'll probably say it does but i disagree uh but yeah uh i don't know i i think a lot of that stuff is bad and then yeah like when they try to do like um horror stuff with ghosts and supernatural things there's a lot of like bullshit jump scares that are just completely ineffective and feel very cheap um so yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think this is as bad as like, you know, like random generic studio movies you'll get like Truth or Dare or, you know, that kind of thing. Like those to me are very like, you know, like, uh, like uh, feel very cheap and stupid. Um, like this, I, I think there's a little bit more talent involved, but uh, at the same time, a lot of it just, I don't know, kind of feels shallow and doesn't really work and, and mesh together. Um which is a shame because there's, you know, kind of a, a structure of, of something that I, I like there. Uh, almost feel like maybe it would be more interesting if it was less of a horror movie and you take out some of the supernatural stuff and it's more of like a, 
you know, kind of like a survival uh, thriller kind of movie, but I don't know. That's, uh, I guess that's where I stand. Now you go. <laughs> now I go. Sometimes I feel like you forget you've got a whole show you can spread your thoughts through. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get every, mm-hmm. every thought I have. Is going I don't know if you looked intro. at our metrics lately, but people tend to kind of dip after about, you know, 14, 15 minutes in, so I try to get out <laughs> as much as I can. Um... That was a lot to take in. Uh, some stuff uh, I'm going to agree with, some stuff I'm going to disagree with. Um, so, here's the thing. I, like, see the first, little 30 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was surprisingly really into it. I really liked the tone mm-hmm. that it set up with, like, you know, all the kids, like, chatting and stuff, and these kidnappers were going on. Uh, the mm-hmm. tone with like building up the Finney's relationship with his sister, building up like the people um, who he was friends with, and also people who were kind of like bullies to him, stuff like that. You know, style... I will say, uh, sorry, just uh, before I forget uh, though, like you mentioned before, how yeah, it takes place in the seventies. I I, d- I did like that, uh, just the the whole like seventies uh, look and aesthetic to it. Um, that was one thing I enjoyed. Sure, sure. All right, so the the mood and the vibe mm-hmm. and all that I thought was was pretty good. I was kind of into it. Um. And the device of using this black phone, which is in the room that he's been held captive in, I also thought was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, had a nice tone to it. I thought Ethan Hawke's per- per- performance was was enjoyable to watch. I was kind of mm-hmm. getting into that. Um, so I, you know, I was actually, you know what, I'm actually thinking I'm enjoying this, which is, is surprising. It feels a bit more confident in its direction than I tend to find Scott Derrickson mm-hmm. movies are. Um, the editing wasn't annoying me like it has done in some of his movies. Um. I will say though, there was a certain, there was a very particular moment where it started doing some jump scary stuff, uh, mm-hmm. that it kind of started to slide down a little bit for me. Now, mm-hmm. to be fair, I still enjoyed parts of the rest of the movie, but it did kind mm-hmm. of like it stopped from being something where I was like, oh, I'm really into this too. Oh, now it's kind of flawed, and now I'm mm-hmm. you know starting to see good and bad things, and I'm st- seeing some of. Uh, Derek's is, I don't know, try hard, I'll call it, <laughs> try hard horror, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. sort of st- steeping in. Um, where I differ from you, I think, uh, bizarrely, mm-hmm. is that I did not mind the sister's uh, side of the story, and I thought it was actually kind of a nice tether to the rest of the world to sort of see her try and, like, care and, like, find her brother and her whole thing. So um, I was actually kind of more on board with that. Um I don't mind the idea of it. I just think the uh, I, I did not think she was a very good performer, and I thought whenever they tried to make her funny by swearing was very like grating to me. It was like it felt so unnaturalistic. Like it's like oh, this is not a child like casually like swearing. Like this is very obviously what unnatural, not unnaturalistic. <laughs> That's a word, whatever. <laughs> you had the whole like two syllables just for some reason. Uh, but the yeah, like like to me, it didn't feel like you know the, uh, like some movies like do a good job of being like, oh yeah, this like it sounds like the way kids like would talk to each other or something. And and there were moments like that with some of the other kids, but I don't know the sister. It just felt like they're really trying hard to make it funny, and but it it just felt like they were giving her like lines that um was very clearly like an adult wrote this and thought it'd be funny if a little kid said it like now when she's doing some more of the serious stuff like you know i thought that stuff was was fine like i, I thought she did good at that it's just the the comedy I, stuff I, I i found grating 
but I don't necessarily have a problem with kids not sounding like actual kids necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that's a pet peeve of mine, and sometimes I can prefer it because actual kids suck. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say is I did have that problem more with a few other parts of the movie where, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's unfair uh, to do this, but uh, the scene that stuck out to me is a scene where Finney's talking to like a friend who's kind of the badass friend with a bandana, and yeah. they're talking about uh, movies, and he brings up Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how he's seen that, Hell yeah. and he's like, oh, it's like the best movie ever. And he's like, mm-hmm. wait, not Enter the Dragon? He's like, okay, maybe second best movie ever. And <laughs> this conversation felt really stilted to me. It felt like we're stopping mm-hmm. to reference a bunch of things at the time period. And I think mm-hmm. the obvious thing to compare it to is Stranger Things. Because I, I was imagining in my head, okay, I'm imagining Dustin and like Mike like throwing these lines around. And I just imagine mm-hmm. them having this energy and excitement about talking about these movies they care about versus this scene mm-hmm. where they're kind of standing awkwardly. And it's like, and I get that Finney's meant to be kind of an awkward kid and that's kind of part of his character, but uh, it just kind of felt really unnatural the way they stopped and talked about it. Like they were hitting these checkpoints of, okay, we have to bring up Texas Chainsaw yeah. to establish it's 1974 uh, and, and whatever. So uh, it, was just, it was just a little thing, but it was, it was it sort of like, it made me appreciate what what makes Stranger Things in a, in a way really good is like how mm-hmm. the kids talk to each other and how it has this kind of natural quality to it. Um, yeah. Whereas here, it doesn't necessarily feel as natural, but it didn't bother me so much in the sense that it, it kind of... Because um, ultimately, this is a dark coming-of-age movie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's really what it is at its core, and it's kind of built a horror movie around it. Um, and there's mm-hmm. some good horror movie moments. There's some good uh, bits there. I I do think uh, there is some thematic reasons for the things that you said you didn't like uh, that mm-hmm. are there. I'll, when we get into spoilers, I'll try and maybe give my read on it as to why these things are there. Um, but I mean, I I know why like a lot of the stuff is there. I just don't think, at least to me, it doesn't work. <laughs> sure, sure. But I mean, we can mm-hmm. talk about that when we can actually bring it mm-hmm. up. Um, so. I, I guess I'm slightly more positive than you in the sense mm-hmm. that I'm not as mad at some of the things you seem to be mad at. But at the same time, I was underwhelmed a little bit as it went on. You know, particularly in the second half, there was some things where, like, I, I get. I'll put, I'll put it this way: I wish it was just voices on a phone. Mm, yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. I thought it was way cooler and far more interesting mm-hmm. and kind of like ethereal when it was just voices on a phone. The second mm-hmm. it started visualizing things, I I was like, okay, now it just feels like you're being yeah. like a goofy horror movie now. Um, yeah, it feels very cheap and ineffective, and uh, yeah, just like a staticky kind of like voice cutting in and out is so much more effective than yeah, yeah what they end up showing you. That, the imagination um, it was like provoking at me was far more exciting than you know when it just started showing things. And I'm like, okay, now it just feels like you're being mm-hmm. like a generic movie now. Yeah, um, I will say I was probably like probably sounded a bit more like you when i first saw it uh so i i think part of it is seeing it the second time for me it's maybe there's a little less excitement because i know where the story's going so now i'm just focusing more uh on a lot of the stuff that didn't work for me versus you know my initial watch where maybe i was a little more caught up in the story and you know following along and stuff so i i'm not like I'm not like super down on it. Like it, it's not like it, it's the worst movie ever. Like I, again, I, I think there is something more, you know, to this. And I think to most, uh, 
you know, Derrickson's other movies like, you know, Sinister or The Exorcism of, Exorcism of Emily Rose, where, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't think they're, I, I do think they are like a bit of, uh, you know, like a cut above than the really like, you know, dumb, cheap, generic studio horror movies we see a lot of the time. But, um, I, but I don't think they're like, you know, leagues above <laughs> those kind of movies. Like it's like, I don't think like, oh my God, like these are actually like really great movies. Like they all kind of have flaws in the, and again, a lot of the flaws are coming from, um, the actual horror elements, which, you know, it's kind of bad when, you know, these are horror movies we're talking about. I think fundamentally, yeah. I just don't like the choices that Derrickson makes and how to portray horror. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, like, I, I, and it's sad I agree, because yeah. I actually think he was doing all right in this up until a point, and then then he's like, then he's like, the Derrickson sensibility started to come into it, and it kind of ruined it a I, little bit. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. Like, if he took out the whole supernatural aspect to it, like, I don't know, I think this would be a much, you know, far more compelling, interesting movie. I think, you know, that's where a lot of stuff gets lost on me. Mm. Uh, I can't really talk about that more until we're in spoilers because I've got some thoughts, but it, okay. it's, um, I mean, I, I still think this is easily Derrickson's best movie, though. You know, for what, what that's worth. Yeah, no, I, I would, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, def- definitely better than Hellraiser or Daily Arson still. Um, I-, I think I like Sinister a little bit more than you, but not as much as other people. But I would, yeah, I would say I'd put it above Sinister too. So Yeah. Also, Max, the brother character, uh, did you recognize that actor? Uh, he- was-, was he from It Chapter 2? He actually might have been, but what I was going for there was he was the lead character in Sinister 2. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And he actually had a small role in the first Sinister as well. He, he was a... Uh... Oh, yeah, that's right, because, yeah, Sinister 2, yeah. he inexplicably becomes the the main yes. character, which uh, is dumb, but also I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, Ethan Hawke ain't coming back, so we have to yeah. promote the, the side character to lead, mm-hmm. to make him um... connected. Uh, and I guess I was rambling so much in my uh, opening thoughts. I didn't even mention Ethan Hawke, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, I, I, I liked him, though, in this. I thought he was good. <laughs> no, he's, he is good. Yeah, Ethan Hawke's good in this. Um, I, I definitely think the premise of this is better than the other Derrickson movies as well. It's the one that I've mm-hmm. liked the most in terms of its, its ideas. And I, I yeah, like I wonder I, if it's because, like, you know, it's something he's adapting versus po- very you know. probably yeah very i mean some of his other things i think are also adapted to be i mean day of the earth is still is literally adapted from another well, movie yeah. but um and dr strange obviously isn't like uh something he came up with yeah 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 i've got some thoughts see i, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say take out all the supernatural things there is definitely mm-hmm. something i would keep but uh you know we'll talk about that in the uh mm-hmm. in the spoilers uh, as far as anything else goes, I do think it's also Derrickson's best-looking movie. It has such a distinct style. It's going mm-hmm. for the sort of flat, muted colors of the 70s, and it does kind of, you know, it, it does, it works. It, it looks authentically of the time period, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it feels like it's got a vibe because of that right from the get-go, which is nice. Um, yeah. It feels like a rougher time. It feels like a harsher time, you know, uh, you know the, the the school bullies feel particularly vicious and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, no. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I guess we'll uh, give the spoiler warning so we can actually talk about the movie uh, mm-hmm. in depth and get into all the nitty gritty stuff. So, spoilers from this point on for the black phone. So, I mean, where to begin? Um, the beginning? <laughs> I mean, if you want to just work through it, I suppose, yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> going to do that, though. I was going to just, you know, pick <laughs> topics and, you know. But... Let's start in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the first half, well, not the first half, but the first, like, 20 minutes is, like, you know, it's, it's, it's establishing Finney. Uh, the fact that he is a kid that's bullied, the fact that he does get beat up, mm-hmm. that he has a friend with the bandana who protects him. His sister even protects mm-hmm. him at one point by smashing a rock into a bully's head. Uh, let's be honest, she killed that kid. <laughs> it, felt, <laughs> it felt like... I mean, not even just her, like, even the guy with the mm-hmm. bandana, the, the way he punches this other kid in the face like 10 times, I'm like, that yeah. kid's dead. <laughs> That, that was that was yeah. like a killing <laughs> amount of punches. Uh, but the movie's like, I ah, know, nah, he just, you know, splitted his nose a bit. Like, I don't, yeah. No, he's, he's smushed his face in. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, but no, like, the sister even, like, sticks up for him. So it's thematically mm-hmm. set up a lot of stuff. It also shows that when their dad does get uh, uh, violent, and not so much with punching mm-hmm. and stuff, he just, you know, it's, it's good old-fashioned, uh, like, he just spanks him with the belt, like, really harshly. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, he wants to, like, stop his sister from getting hit, but he, he can't work up the courage to do it. You know, he backs down. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's establishing that he is this, you know, uh, not a coward, that's a bit harsh, but, you know, he is this scared kid. He doesn't stick up for mm-hmm. himself. And obviously that's part of the dark coming-of-age element of this story, mm-hmm. uh, which actually, you know, even though the ending does kind of have a, like, oh, he's confident now because he says, call me Finn to the girl that he likes, and that's the final moment of the movie. That's so eye-rolly to me. Uh, <laughs> I hated that. It was a little eye-rolly. But I think, even though it's got that positive spin on it at the end, I actually think it's quite a dark ending because, mm-hmm. to me... To, in order to stand up to the grabber, the killer, right, to stand up to Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke, he basically has to become a killer himself. And I think there's a, a sentiment in there about how, you know, violence begets violence and that he's going to become mm-hmm. someone who, you know, he's had to do something really dark and sinister himself to survive this situation. Sinister. Shut up. Right? <laughs> and, you know, I, I do think, you know, like, I think in a lot of ways, uh, the grabber is kind of like a really dark version of his father. Like, I think there's some, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he's, at one point, he's sitting with a belt. Yeah. Because he wants to punish the naughty boy. Uh, more mm-hmm. on that in a bit. Uh, but, <laughs> like, that, you know, made me think of the father and the idea that he's got this gimmick where he's always wearing a mask, but it's, it's sometimes he's swapped out the mouth for a happy face or a sad face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's just got the bottom half so you can see his eyes. Sometimes it's just a blank expressionless face. Mm-hmm. This idea that... Because his father drinks, right? And he seems to be mm-hmm. better or worse depending on how much he's had to drink. Um, mm-hmm. Like this idea of like you never know which version of the father you're going to get when you go home. To me, the grabber was representing a lot of that, is the idea that you don't know which version you're getting with him every time he opens the door. And comes in. So here's my problem with that, because I mean, I think that is painfully obvious. Like, it's not even like a metaphor. They're practically screaming. Uh, you I know, wasn't screaming looking for credit, you, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying though. I, well, you're saying like, well, I kind of thought. I was like, yeah, it's very obvious. We all we all got that. Uh, the thing that falls <laughs> apart for me uh, about it is at the end, like the you know when he's you know comes out and the police are there and then the father comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden the father's just like oh my god like you're here like i'll i'll stop drinking i'll be better like things things are better now so like 
the the it gets muddy to me because you would think that the story would be he can't stand up to his father he gets kidnapped by this you know very a uh, much more literal monster uh you know and then he has to stand up to that monster and by conquering that monster he can then stand up to his father but then he doesn't have to stand up to his father because out of nowhere his father's just like guess what uh i'm all better now like don't worry about it uh i'm well, never okay, gonna drink okay, again okay well, all right. first of all he never says he's never going to drink again all he says is i'm so sorry that's the only line of dialogue he has he says something like things are going to be better now something along those lines maybe he says some of that but it, it, it doesn't yeah. specify that he's going to stop drinking around like that um mm-hmm. i i think so the thing about the father is, is that, yeah, he's an asshole at the start. He's getting mad whenever they make a noise. And then he spanks the daughter because the police have talked to him about her. And we'll get into why later. Um, and it's uh, no, I'm not going to talk more about that severe now. than spanking. Right. But he's, 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 he's hit her with the belt. And, mm-hmm. you know, Fenny wants to stick up for her. But, you know, he's too scared to blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of other moments with him where he does sort of clearly love his kids where he does like the way he talks to his daughter mm-hmm. when he's saying good night um you know he, he hates talking about the idea of his daughter having visions or, or like prophetic dreams because that's something the mother had and clearly mm-hmm. that led to her suicide that you know we kind of get that story later and he mm-hmm. does kind of eventually have this sort of open conversation with with his daughter uh because she wants to talk about that stuff um to me he was already kind of on this like path as the movie was going on it was a very sad kind of like pathetic version of it but he was already kind of on this mm-hmm. like reflective path as the movie was going on um i think the whole idea is that you know his son being kidnapped and not only that but the fact that his daughter's the one who found him or helped find him and it wasn't him he wasn't the one who was out there looking he wasn't there he, yeah well that i've said mm-hmm. that he did drive his daughter around at one point looking that was a small moment mm-hmm. in the movie so he, he was starting to kind of listen to her as, as the movie went on so again maybe mm-hmm. implying that he was starting to kind of take them more as equals as the movie was going on but mm-hmm. to me the, the point of him at the end it's not so much that finney stood up to the grabber and therefore he's now able to easily stand up to his father i mean he could right obviously he could <laughs> now but the idea is that the father uh, because he was so helpless himself, like Finney's been the whole movie, uh, uh, you know, at least is admitting that he has been a poor father. He's at least admitting that. Maybe that doesn't work for you, but I, I, I do think there's there is like a purpose to that. There, it's, it's not so much that that was always going to be the case where now he has to stick up against them. I think the father's meant to be more mm-hmm. sympathetic because he's not like look at it this way, right? One of the things we mm-hmm. loved about the Wolf of Snow Hollow was mm-hmm. the idea that the wolf represented um alcoholism right and the main character mm-hmm. was this alcoholic and the wolf was kind of like a, a mirroring or metaphor for what he becomes when he's drinking i think mm-hmm. this father's clearly alcoholic right that's you know very established throughout yeah, the film. obviously yeah i think the idea is that the grabber with the mask is representing him drinking it's representing mm-hmm. him when he's got, you know, that's why the, the faces change. Sometimes he's a happy drunk, sometimes he's a sad drunk, sometimes he's an angry drunk. Mm-hmm. All these things. Um, so, at the end, the idea that maybe he will be better if he's not drinking is kind of like, it's, it's not a guarantee that he won't. Like, we don't know for sure. We don't see mm-hmm. what happens next. But the idea that he's, that he's scared into sober sobriety is, is kind of the idea, I think, at the end. Mm. Nah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. I, I just think it's so sloppy and like, 
yeah, I'm not going to... Like, I'm not trying to defend it necessarily, but mm-hmm. I, I do, like... I get what it's going for, at the very least. So, which, mm-hmm. so all I'm really fighting on is that you said, oh, well, you know, Chloe's supposed to, at the end, be able to, you know, stand up against his father because he's stuck against... I don't think that's what it was trying to do by the end. Is all I'm really arguing. But then it's completely pointless. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily... Like, why, have, why have this subplot at all, then? If it's not about him, like, you know, overcoming it or conquering it. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> well, because the whole time, like, he's supposed to be this darker version. Like, the Grabber's the darker version of his father. It's supposed to be familiar, yet, you know, more mm-hmm. severe. Sure. <laughs> right? Um... He, he already has overcome it. He's already beat this demonic version of his father. So his reward is to get the mm-hmm. good father now, you know? Like, if, if you if you could argue in sort of a sort of spiritual mm-hmm. level, the Grabber is more literally the dark side of his father, and he conquers it, so therefore he, is, he has vanquished that side of his father. And not, not that it's his to vanquish. <laughs> it's, you know, his father is the one who vanquishes his own demons, obviously, in, in reality. But, uh, like... Yeah, well, uh, you can't have like him doing like something monumental like that, like that we're not seeing. <laughs> like, well, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not saying he has vanquished his own demons, but I'm saying at least there's a desire. You're inferring to. a lot. <laughs> like you're you're really like making up like a whole story in your head. <laughs> I'm not making up a whole story. <laughs> well, like you you were just saying like, oh no, he did conquer his demons. Like, all right, we didn't see it. Like, well, yeah, no, you didn't see it, so you don't know what happened. Like, oh, you're. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't say he conquered his demons. I said Finney conquered his father's demons by k- killing mm-hmm. the Grabber because the Grabber represents the demonic side of his father. Mm. Okay. So his you reward so. at the end of the movie is to get his real father back. Okay, so his father just magically changed, though, for some reason. <laughs> no, I'm not saying the father magically... Oh, my God. Oh, no. You literally are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying... Don't take it so literal. It... <laughs> <laughs> the experience of this and what's happened mm-hmm. to his kid and him feeling helpless in theory right right that's why mm-hmm. he's making this promise at the end that things are going to be better has scared them mm-hmm. into trying to be a better person right and this is mm-hmm. finney's reward for standing up against the grabber right so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's spiritually and thematically he is taking on the demonic side of his father and killing it which is okay. why in a storytelling sense, he is rewarded mm-hmm. at the end with just the good side of his father. Potentially. I don't know if literally mm-hmm. it's going to work out that way, but that's the way mm-hmm. the ending plays. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm glad that worked for you then. <laughs> I'm not even saying it worked 100%. I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> that's what it's going for. <laughs> okay. I, can, I can't believe we went in the space of 10 minutes from you saying, of course that's what's happening. We all got that. No points for you, Peter. To, you're just making up stuff down, I'm- Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, this I, is it. <laughs> I'm saying that's obviously like you know that that's what they're going for. I'm just saying the storytelling is not there to like justify sure, any sure, of these I mean, choices. Sure, sure, you can argue that. By, by all means, argue that. I'm, I'm not even trying to fight the battle. I'm, I'm just saying I get what the intent is with the ending, and I don't necessarily think sure. it's completely like barked. I think I think I mean enough mm-hmm. of it was there that I could see it at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect Tim to be the one who was going to be harsher on this. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Here mm-hmm. we are. We haven't talked about the sister's whole thing yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Which, good a time as any. Uh, sure. So, I actually thought the way it was revealed early on that she's got some psychic abilities or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was done fairly well because it wasn't done in like a, you know, her telling someone that she can do this. It was, mm-hmm. we find out that she ha- she has some dreams that have some real details in them because the police hear s- something she said and come to talk to her mm-hmm. because something she said was something that was never released to the public. So therefore they're like, oh, where did you find mm-hmm. out these details about the black balloons? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh no, I dreamt about it. And of course they don't really believe her at first, but as the movie goes on, they start to like, hey, if you see anything else in her dreams, you give us a, mm-hmm. give us a call. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know, um, like you could, the plausibility of that part, you can, by all means, you know, question to your heart's content. Uh, yeah, so I, I do like the idea that, yeah, she has like these psychic visions and everything. Uh, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting and, you know, it's a neat way to, you know keep her you know in the movie and kind of tether the outside world so you can like you know cut back to her having the visions and finding them (sighs) again my kind of problem with it ultimately ends up being that like it it just feels so like completely pointless (laughs) because then by the end of the movie like she's leading cops to the you know to where that house is but then it ends up being the wrong house which (laughs) i don't know I don't really understand like the fake out of the second house. Like it, it just feels very dumb and pointless to me. Well, uh, uh, this is actually something they've kind of taken a little bit from Silence of the Lambs. It's kind of a similar moment in that movie. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I mean, it's all about finding the other bodies, obviously, because that's where the bodies are buried. Um, yeah. The part of this that does make sense to me uh, mm. is that. I kind of like saw the twist coming. I was like, oh, they're not at the same house. Or I either they weren't mm-hmm. the same house. My first thought was actually that it's not actually like the twist is going to be that this all happened weeks ago and they're like way too late. <laughs> right. That's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. It ended up just being the house across the street. But that's whatever. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was going to be the, a house in the mm-hmm. same street, if not across from the, the street, it, because mm-hmm. I, I just knew that it was going to walk out after winning. And like everyone was going to be there mm-hmm. and turn around and it was just going to be standing there. I knew that was going to happen because yeah. it just it felt like such the obvious thing to do. But the reason why I think the the reveal happens the way it does, at least in part, mm-hmm. is because I think the whole point of the movie is that Finney had to conquer these demons and stand up for himself on his own. He couldn't just mm-hmm. be saved by someone else. And mm-hmm. that to me is why he has to take on the grabber on his own. So that part of it, I understand. Well, no, I I totally agree with that. Like, I don't want the, you know, police to come in and and save the day either. But to me, it's weird that, like, it all happens at the same time. Like you're saying, like, you have that moment where it walks out and everyone's there. And it's like, it's literally like they all just turn around like, oh, like what? (laughs) Uh, But like, I I don't know. If it was like maybe something like, you know, they find that house like the day before uh or, or something and then but they don't find him there and then they kind of start to give up hope and then like you know she doesn't and then she you know like looks around or something and finds him like something like that to me uh, would be honestly i don't have a problem with this this little mm-hmm. swerve because to me it was like you know it built up the tension of oh she's going to find him in time she's going to find him in time the mm-hmm. cops are coming and then you realize, oh no, he really is on his own. He has to do this on his own. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that swerve and like that that momentum shift did work for me. Um, mm-hmm. What I do like about the sister side of things, though, to go back to her kind of like portion mm-hmm. throughout the movie, is that it ties back into the father stuff. Is the idea that 
she the reason why she is linked to him and like you know not like literally in the movie but in a thematic sense she's Mm -hmm. linked to him and is getting hints of what's going on with them because she's his sister and because Mm -hmm. if if this is like all uh, an analogy for an abusive father or a father who is um you know well abusive uh, i don't know why i was looking for another (laughs) word just abusive right meanie (laughs) <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, then the idea that two siblings share that, right? They share something, mm-hmm. an experience together, the trauma that they both understand with each other in a way that no one else really can. Um, and also, of course, earlier on in the film, she did save him already. So it's this idea that she maybe can do it again and just in a bigger, more grandiose way. But mm-hmm. this idea that she, in some level, understands what he's going through because she's also been witness to it and she's also went through it herself. I think is part of the thematic reason why she does have this ability and why she is able to sort of like, you know, see signs of what's happened to him and sort of dream parts mm-hmm. of like where he might be. Uh, I think that's kind of also ties into the whole thematic idea of the grabber representing the worst part of their father. Uh, I, so. Yeah, I, I think the, the theme is that uh, God sucks. <laughs> like, all right, like you're giving her these visions, but like... You can't speed him up, like, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> you know, get to her a little bit sooner so he doesn't have to go through all this. Like, come on. Well, no, he has to go through it, though, because it's a coming-of-age story, so it's all about him learning something. So this is all about oh, building so, strength. <laughs> so, like, God is, like, watching, like, like oh, yeah, I, I can't interfere too much. Well, I'm an uh, atheist. I don't believe God's doing any shit, but, like, in the, in the context <laughs> of the movie... I, although, actually, that's it. I know, you did, I know you were making fun of people thinking she was funny because she swore... But I have mm-hmm. to admit, her praying and being like, what the F, Jesus, like, I did think was kind of funny because it just caught me off guard that she's basically praying and saying, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, help me, you prick. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. But it, it didn't really work for me. But it wasn't because she was swearing, though. The swearing obviously added to it, but it wasn't like because mm-hmm. I was a kid that's swearing. It was because she was getting angry mid-prayer that yeah. was the funny part. But... Yeah, I mean, I I guess I like it more than, like, the more over-the-top funny swearing to the cops and stuff, like... Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I like the sister side of the film, because I thought, like, this mm-hmm. idea of, like, why she's connected and can understand what her brother's going through in some sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if it's this weird link, obviously, in the movie, because it's the psychic thing, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... That's maybe why she was getting visions or dreams of the other victims, is the almost mm-hmm. the idea that these are all victims that have suffered. For, so let's say, you know, the idea that the grabber in general represents abusive fathers, right? The reason why she's mm-hmm. like getting dreams of the other victims is because in some level she recognizes that they're going through something similar with their fathers, and mm-hmm. that's what links them all together. Um, now, admittedly, what is interesting is that all the victims the grabber has are all boys, and mm-hmm. you know obviously maybe there's like an indication you know maybe it's like you know a sexual thing or whatever wherever it's building to mm-hmm. you know we never quite see what the next phase is going to be because we keep hearing that oh he likes naughty boys or he likes doing yeah. something to the naughty boy <laughs> and it's like okay that sounds really sexual but yeah. it never goes there yeah uh, because ultimately finney isn't playing his games the way that he wants him to yeah. mm-hmm. uh but yeah so like so the things i didn't like though right because i'm I'm doing a lot of time defending or at least trying to like play devil's advocate for the things that you're shitting on um (laughs) 
I do think there's a lot of thematic things in there, and I think a lot. To be fair, I'm not giving Sterics in that. I'm giving that to Joe Hill mm-hmm. probably, uh, mm-hmm. for 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 those elements. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I did not like. Uh, I said earlier that I wish they just stayed voices on a phone. Um, mm-hmm. I could have maybe accepted that because eventually the last one he sees or talks to is the 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 one that stuck up for him. You know, the guy with the bandana. Maybe if mm-hmm. he just saw him standing there as a sort of visual representation, I could have been okay with that. But sure. the, f- the first one that he sees is like a jump scare where he turns around and there's just a ghost standing there. Yeah. And then later on, there's like one like doing like an exorcist crab walk thing, dripping blood. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, oh, this is so shit. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like the one, uh, the one dude that looked like Billy from like Stranger Things <laughs> that was like, do you know someone like said that? <laughs> someone said that in chat. I don't think he looks Billy at all. Maybe from the back. Once you saw his face, though, he looked nothing like Billy from Stranger sure. Things. <laughs> it looked like I don't know. Like at least like has like the same vibe, like the long hair and like yeah, the mustache he, and the screaming. <laughs> Billy's more of a bad boy though. This guy felt more like a like a hair metal naughty dude. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, boy, shut up. Um. Let's not make any Brahms jokes, by the way, since the word boy's coming up a lot, right? I don't, I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to have it. I wasn't going to say anything, you're the one bringing it up. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm preemptively striking <laughs> it from the record. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah, that spooky shit I, I did not like uh, mm-hmm. at all. I, I felt like it just robbed any of the mystique from the, the phone call thing. Because this mm-hmm. idea uh, of the phone calls, because one of the things I thought when I was watching the movie is that Okay, so it's implied that the, the mother had these abilities um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it drove... And that's the other part, actually, just on that as well. The idea that these abilities drove her to suicide. I do wonder, mm-hmm. though, like, is that because the idea that it was living with this guy that drove her to suicide? You know, and maybe that's why... Maybe that's sure. why he feels so angry when the subject comes up. It's not, you know... In a literal mm-hmm. sense, it's because these visions or these, like, beliefs she had led to her death. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's this guilt thing where... It kind of represents like what he put her through, um, that led to her committing suicide, and that's why both her ki- both her kids have it as well because he's also a bad you know presence in their life. But in a literal sense, I was thinking the reason why because it mentions that no one else like could could hear any voices on the phone. It's just him, mm-hmm. um, and it's only like him and the grabber who can even hear the phone ring. Mm-hmm. I thought well, okay, the reason for that is because he's also. The same mother as as the sister, obviously. So if it's a, mm-hmm. a hereditary ability to be kind of psychic, maybe that's that. Uh, the main thing I took from it though is that that told me that much like I'm saying how Finny had to become violent and dark and kill someone to survive. Mm-hmm. I think it clearly shows that the grabber was also a victim of abuse when he was younger. This idea that he can also hear the phone ring. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I didn't really think about that, but okay. yeah. No, I I think it's almost certain that the 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 grabber was a victim mm-hmm. as a child himself, and um, he's become this abuser. And I think that's also why mm-hmm. I read sort of darkly into the ending is the idea that you know Finny could become a bad person because of this. Um, admittedly, mm-hmm. the way it sort of does you the happy last scene, I don't think he is. But <laughs> like, you know, there was a sure. moment that I was thinking, you know, when he when he does go to, when he kills him you know because he says a little trap mm-hmm. for him and he you know uh, strangles him with a phone cord and uh you know properly kind of snaps his neck you know there's this thing you know, the, the kid that he plays baseball with in the opening scene is like oh you've got a mint arm and that he's mm-hmm. one of the kids who gets kidnapped and he says it over the phone 
And then right before he snaps his neck, he's like, you know, you know, you've got him in arm, and then he just sort of goes, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yanks it into his neck. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, 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 very good. Um, I, I, although I will say this, it is kind of interesting to me. At one point, you know, mm-hmm. one of the voices, it's the, it's the, the yeah, like the, the punk kid, says to mm-hmm. him, to, you know, to break into part of the wall because there's like a freezer you'll mm-hmm. get to, um, which ends up being like a you know where he gets meat later on to like use for the dog to get out, mm-hmm. but. Um, he starts using like the lid to the toilet, right, to like smash mm-hmm. into it. Not not the seat lid, but the, you know, the actual tank lid, right? Mm-hmm. Big big heavy bit of porcelain. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, this seems like a pretty good thing to bash someone over the head with, here, Finny. You know, <laughs> uh, and I know sure. that little rocket mm-hmm. pen that you use for everything uh, is close to your heart and mm-hmm. all that, but um, maybe this could be a good weapon. <laughs> 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 you know, just smash him in the head a bunch of times with this, perhaps. So yeah, um, but yeah, the spooky shit I didn't like. Uh, the other thing that I did agree with you with is the brother, like uh, the grabber's got a brother who's living with him. Which, by the way, I oh, found God. it so hard to believe that he didn't even catch a, a hint that there was someone. This like, is not even just yeah. th- right now that there's someone being held captive in the basement. That presumably at mm. least another five kids over the last couple of months have been held captive yeah. in the basement, and he somehow not noticed. Like, everything about this is so stupid like it, it's just this really dumb injection of like goofy comedy that totally derails the movie uh you know because like the movie is pretty you know serious i, I think for the most part yeah, like, it's, you know, it's even... very someone in chat referenced it to, uh compared it to summer of 84 there's definitely a similar vibe at uh, points yeah. to that mm-hmm. um i would also maybe throw in a little bit of super dark times different very different plot in that movie but again the, the tone mm-hmm. with the dark coming of age like there's definitely you know it feels yeah just to like cut to like you know this guy just doing this really over the top character is is so dumb and then yeah just the fact that you know he's so like paranoid and into it but doesn't realize that it's all happening right underneath him like uh, yeah it's just so dumb and unbelievable i really like i really hated it <laughs> yeah and you know the whole movie's got this oppressive tone because it represents mm. feeling trapped you know literally in the sense of being kidnapped mm-hmm. but also the idea that if you're with an abusive father or abusive parent mm. uh like yeah as a kid you do feel trapped because what are you going to do where are you going to go like what like yeah. so mm-hmm. like that that's the kind of the feeling that it's going for and the cops go to this guy's door and it is the house and it's like there's a hint that it's like yeah he is the brother of the killer but mm-hmm. it's all this comedy stuff I, I guess maybe the you're supposed to think that he's oblivious to a lot of stuff because he's always on cocaine but like that's a yeah. bit of a stretch <laughs> yeah I, I don't know like i, I kind of assume that he's i guess just there to add a add like another body a little bit like another if, kill scene in right, the I, movie, but like i think my analysis up until now has been all pretty fair game despite what tim said about it right i want to make that clear <laughs> so i'm going to preface this next bit with saying i'm stretching this i'm not necessarily saying this is true but if okay. i'm going to try and be generous maybe the idea of this is like if one parent's abusive the idea that the other one doesn't know about it or is willingly not seeing it because they don't want to know that they're you know, so let's say in this case it would be a wife and a husband that you've got a wife who is like mm-hmm. turning a blind eye and like being ignorant willfully because she doesn't want mm-hmm. to admit there's a problem maybe that's what the goofy brothers meant to kind of represent I, mm-hmm. I, I admit I'm stretching for this one I don't necessarily I mean, think like, you know sure but I mean even if that is the case like 
It doesn't change the fact that I hate it. <laughs> sure. Like, I wish it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> I, I do I do think he's a bit too goofy uh, for yeah. the movie. I, I didn't really like it either. Um, so, you know, I I, I think that... It's not the, it's the, it's only a couple of scenes though, which is why I think the supernatural jump scare sure, sure. ghost mm-hmm. bollocks is worse. Because um, mm-hmm. when it was just voices on the phone, like you could really argue that it's not real and it's really just all in his head, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a re- you know, and the fact that the grabber says you know the, you know or the the voices say the grabber can hear the phone too, that can still mm-hmm. be an indication that he's also a victim of abuse and. Um, because I think the voices early on even say, you know, he's still trying to figure it out. He's still trying to figure out what the phone is or something. And mm-hmm. this idea that the grabber never did have his coming of age, you know, he just became this monster who's still trying to mm-hmm. understand why he was abused. And that's why he's become an abuser himself because he doesn't understand it. And he doesn't understand it's anything perpetuating else. Perpetuating a yeah. cycle of violence, you know. So... Like you know, I do like that element of it, um, but mm-hmm. it's just so more interesting when it was just voices on a phone, and you know, it could be ambiguous. Yeah. Is it real? Is it not? Kind of thing. It's it's also weird because it's like, all right, the, these ghosts are trying to like help him. Like, why are they also trying to be scary? <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like they they want him to escape and get revenge, but also it's like, you know, and and I mean, technically, I'm not even I, I'm not even really sure if he actually sees the ghost or if it's just something us as the audience is seeing. Yeah, I don't think he ever sees. Uh, he, I don't think he ever like reacts to seeing them. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's just weird. Um, the so the one thing that I really like, uh, uh, you know, about this kind of the whole premise in the whole movie, though, is I like how, you know, like um, basically like each phone call and each ghost, I like how they give them like one like kind of little thing or help him discover something or learn something new that ultimately, you know, is what he needs to use, like to, you know, conquer the grabber and escape in the end. Like you were saying, like, you know, the thing with the meat and stuff, I like how that, you know, sets like little breadcrumbs for, you know, ultimately yeah, the what hole, he uses. To... Yeah. The hole he makes in the ground, like mm-hmm. he uses to trip, uh, you know, trip trip the grabber when he's chasing after yeah. him things like, yeah like all the like, little bits that he's done i will say there was a couple of times in the movie where i felt like oh it's very lucky all these like handy like things are around to sure. to use like yeah. you know the, <laughs> the grabber's not done a good job of making the place empty so that you can't use anything against them but yeah. <laughs> uh, also uh unintentionally really funny moment to me <laughs> is when he's trying to pull off like the the grating or the bars that are on the window and when he eventually mm-hmm. pulls them off and it like bonks him in the head as he falls down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that was really funny. And it was like yeah. a slapstick moment. I'm like, I don't think that was meant to be funny, but I really got mm-hmm. a chuckle out of it. But, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not, not a big deal, but it was, it was worth mentioning. <laughs> um, but no, like the, I mean, just the, the whole, this whole kind of structure I actually thought was, you know, like pretty smart in the movie. And I like how, everything kind of builds on each other. And even like you were saying before, the whole like, yeah, Finn's arm, uh, you know, arm is meant like just kind of like having that callback uh, and everything I thought was really cool. The, the way everything that he'd been told to do by the ghosts uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the movie played into like that ending where like this is how he gets them. This is how he, you know, he's, he's got a weapon, he makes him trip. He mm-hmm. uses the various things that he's done. Mm-hmm. It actually reminded me bizarrely of Saints. And the way that everything in that movie ended up being really relevant to like them sort of surviving at the end. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it, you know, um, it, it gave me almost a little of the vibe of that in a weird way. Mm. 
which I'm not complaining about, but um, sure. <laughs> just just an observation uh, more than anything. Um, did you think the two cops that were investigating everything looked really miserable every time they were on screen? They looked really sad and depressed. Yeah, I mean, but, the I mean, whole movie's kind of sad and depressing, I guess. But don't get me wrong. If your job is to deal with a lot of missing children that are probably dead, you it probably is quite a, a heavy toll it oh, takes sure. on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a not exactly a super fun happy times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about the cops. They, I don't, honestly, didn't really do much. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have a huge ton to say about them. Um. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the, the billies uh, that were picking on mm. him at the start, when he comes back into school at the end, they're, you know, uh, when he's walking through the halls, you see, you hear mumblings of the other students who are like, oh, I thought he was seven foot tall, which made me think of Braveheart of all things. You know, you know how when William Wallace shows up to the battlefield, it's like, he can't be William Wallace, he's, you know, William Wallace is eight foot tall and shoots bolts of lightning from his arse and... <laughs> I don't even know if, I, if I've ever seen. Oh, you ever seen Braveheart? <laughs> I, I, I might have seen like, maybe I watched it once in like, you know, middle school or high school or something. But I, I couldn't really tell you much about it. it it's funny because for a while it was like very like culturally relevant, but yeah, I don't know if anyone that really references that much anymore except for you, I guess. But <laughs> I am definitely not the only one who references Braveheart. Come on, <laughs> it's a pretty big movie. Yeah, how many people are referencing it nowadays though like i feel like i don't see hear about it that often ah, i see memes i see things i don't know memes <laughs> when's the last time you saw a braveheart meme not that long ago i don't think <laughs> is there like some new like tiktok craze where people are painting their faces half blue I'm or not, whatever I'm not, I'm not a tiktok guy okay <laughs> I don't do TikTok. Like, sure you don't. <laughs> like, it just made me think of that because of all these like, mm -hmm. pe all these like reactions. Like, oh, I thought it'd be bigger. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it's a little bit weird if you look at it very literally. That, you know, the girl in school. Who, I mean, to be fair, the girl that he likes in school already seemed to like him, so it was already like a, a mutual attraction. Yeah. <laughs> but she seems to like, you know, like him a lot more at the end. He's got all this respect from people in the school. Mm -hmm. It is kind of weird he earned that by murdering a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's a pretty dark thing to have done like even if you know obviously he he had it coming it, he absolutely did yeah um it's, it's still it's still kind of weird that you really strangled someone until you snapped their neck that's a pretty I, insane thing to have done yeah it, it's kind of strange because i i think it's safe to assume that this is like his first day back since the incident since, yes you know uh so it's weird that like yeah their first interaction is like a very like jaunty like hey <laughs> you know instead of being like a like how are you doing like are you okay like you know i i don't know it's it seems like a weird and, and dumb just to like they just want to have like a little like you know happy ending uh let's go um and, and i hate the name thing i think it's so stupid it's just like such a cheap like dumb way to be like see he's grown up it, you know he it's a coming of age story because you know He's not Finny anymore. He's Finn. He wants to be called Finn, like an adult, like a grown ass man. Like no, no grown ass man's gonna be called Finny. He's like, um, I kill people. Please call me Finn. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Finny's the name of someone that didn't murder a serial killer. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's stupid. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should have walked in with a T-shirt that said, "The grabber got grabbed." <laughs> yeah, he uh, sell merch. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, but basically, it's, it's his version of I Shot the Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do if they want to do a sequel? Like, they'll have to they have to be like a third grabber brother. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was designed with a sequel in mind. I, I guess you could do a prequel with Ethan Hawke if you really wanted to. Oh, I do. <laughs> uh, either that or you would have... Um... Well, here's the thing, though. Like, it's called The Black Phone, and like... I don't mm-hmm. imagine how you do, do a sequel where the black phone is somehow a thing again. Like, you know, that that is such a specific just to this incident kind of thing. Well, I think like you do like a later day sequel, like, you know, you cut to the 2000s and the black phone is now the black cell phone. And, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and is uh, Finn grown up to be the new grabber? Uh, he He's like the detective that's like, searching for the grabber on the last day of his retirement <laughs> okay okay uh, it's a it's like it's a copycat killer i feel like yeah the only way to bring the black phone element back it would be to have finn back so that when he's maybe let's <laughs> say he is a detective looking into like, all these kids being kidnapped what if he starts <laughs> hearing the ringing again so it's kind of like a callback to so because it's personal to him he's the one who heard the black phone ring it would, you know, it actually it, wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have to be him that's hearing it again, because otherwise it would make no sense that it came back. Like, why mm-hmm. is this other character also uh, manifesting their inner thoughts with a, a black phone? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't make much sense. So, um, and by the way, I did also kind of like that <laughs> the black phone actually like becomes a weapon <laughs> in the end too. Yeah, he also yeah he uses it to kill him. So it's almost. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's almost representative of like like all his pain and frustration and turmoil mm-hmm. is is literally being used as a weapon. You know, he's he's it's, mm-hmm. it's what he's actually using to fight back. So that's the idea of you get strength from your anger. You, if you, as long as you can, you know, use it in a healthy way, you can use it to to fuel what you need to do. So that's some interesting ideas. Uh, um, so yeah, I I actually I would say it's. I think I like it more than you do. I think more of what it's going for mm-hmm. lands for me, but there is definitely some things that I definitely do not like in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say I'm still mixed, but I may be viewing a bit more positive on the mixed scale than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I don't... It, to me, it's just like, it's fine. Like, I don't... Like I, I don't know. I I didn't hate it. Uh, it's just the stuff that bugs me just really bugs me. But I mean, overall, you know, it's still like an okay movie to watch. Like I don't know. It's it's one of those things that's a, maybe a little annoying. Uh, when uh, you know, when some when sometimes something is getting like a lot of positive buzz because I I feel like I've seen a lot of people that are like. Wow, like uh you know best horror movie in years like definitely like the best you know movie i've seen this year like so good blah blah like to me it's like ah, come on uh but yeah i mean i wouldn't go I that, it's, it's fine. that far yeah. yeah i i i think i have a fairly reserved feeling in the movie but i do i do think it's easily scott derrickson's best movie from what i've seen no i, I definitely don't disagree with that um no. I, I know people like exorcism emily rose i've not seen that so i can't comment um i've seen it it's like it's fine it's mm, not great i don't think it's it's not horrible but it's not like amazing yeah um sinister i think i like a little bit more than you but again not i'm not like crazy about it like some people are like to me it's kind of on the same level like it's i I guess that one would be a little less because it has a lot more of the cheap you know like supernatural jump scares and stuff which are not good um 
but there's still stuff I like about it. So I don't know. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, I think actually, you know, this year, we didn't do it last year. Uh, for a couple of, one, mm-hmm. you were on paternity leave. No, you weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not at the end of the year. But I think last year there just wasn't enough movies to bother doing a top 10. I actually think at the end of this uh-huh. year, we might be doing a top 10 of the year because sure. I think there's enough. Because uh, there's still some big ones we need to get to. Because yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and this, I mean, honestly, this year I think has been really good for yeah. horror. I, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it sucks that the UK does not even have a release date like sketched in anywhere for Pearl. And Barbarian uh, did just get a release date, but it's not until at the end of next month. So, I mean, you know, uh, I can't see that either. Um, I think I'm going to check that out this weekend because I've just... I've heard good things. I, yeah, people like I've been we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do it things. when it has VOD. We'll definitely of course, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've heard bodies, bodies, bodies is is good. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like uh, I know we're mixed on it, but for me, I did really like the new Scream. Like, oh sure, it, sure. I, it's not my number one, but you know, I'd probably put it lower um, on the list. But you know, what one other one we've got planned for this month is Watcher. Uh, Tara mm-hmm. just watched it and said she liked it, and you know, so I'm, you know, I'm curious about oh, that. So that's who watches Watcher. <laughs> that's who watches the Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, and yeah, you know, we another one that we're going to be doing uh, later this month uh, is Nope. But of I course, mean, yeah. I already talked about it on, on uh, even more screams before though, but I, so, you know, no surprising. And there's, that there's a couple, there, but I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of lesser known ones that, that I've heard a little bit of buzz about as well that, mm-hmm. that I may get a chance mm-hmm. to get to before the end of the year. But, like, you know, it feels like there is enough to, to do a top 10. There's enough to, yeah. you know, form one this year, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I'm sure we've, we've left out a few in, as we list them there. Um, but... Of course, we've got to see Smile. <laughs> I'm not feeling like that will make a top 10 but I mean maybe it'll surprise me maybe it'll surprise <laughs> me I don't know but uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff to get to um, I mean admittedly how much of it we're going to get to before the end of the year this is why we, I think this is why we started doing the top 10 in like March because we, we, just to give us a couple of months to like yeah. catch up with all the stuff we didn't get to because we only really have November to do a couple of movies and then December's mm-hmm. Christmas season so we do Christmas movies that's true. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like it'll be uh, a couple of months out of the year maybe before we do our top 10. But um, I just want to say that I'm glad that I think we could, we'll definitely do one this year. So, yeah. So that's cool. Um, all right. Uh, with all that out of the way, I guess it's time to rate uh, the black phone. So, Tim, what are you giving it? think when i first saw it in theaters i think it was a bit more positive i probably would have given it like a six maybe if i'm being generous maybe a 6.5 but uh this rewatch for me just the stuff i didn't like stood out just a bit more um i i didn't completely hate the experience uh i got to watch it with my wife uh which you know i was, I was happy she got to see it because she was interested in it and she actually liked it quite a bit yes um so uh, I didn't hate it. I had a lot of negative things to say, uh, but I, you know, overall, I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that I dislike the movie, but just the, the things that I don't like just really rubbed me the wrong way, and I uh, wish they weren't there. But the, there's genuine stuff that I really do like. Uh, again, I think, um, you know, it, uh, 
I, I think it looks, uh, you know, really good. Uh, like I said, you know, I like the seventies look and aesthetic and, uh, I like, I like the main character and I find his actual story, uh, you know, to be compelling and the, the premise and the use of the phone and, uh, the ghost, you know, whether or not doing the dumb supernatural stuff, uh, I actually, you know, think is really good and it has a lot of like clever, uh, ideas and stuff to it. And, you know, I think Ethan Hawke is great. So, you know, um, the honestly i the music I, I don't even really remember so <laughs> i can't really comment on too much about that i guess i it is probably fine but i mean the fact that i can't really remember it you know i'm guessing it's not like super sticking out sure, sure. um but uh you know so that that all being said uh i think at this point i'm gonna give it a 5.5 5. uh yeah i'm kind of right in the middle and you know i'm just a little bit over the line you know to you know, liking it versus uh, disliking it. Um, it's yeah, it, it's annoying to me that the things that I dislike kind of bring it down that much. Because uh, the things that I, I do like, I, I do generally like quite a bit. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know, like. I I think I said at the beginning that it's frustrating, which you know I I I really feel because you know at least when we watch you know the really bad generic you know crappy studio horror movies that they just you know shit out there you know uh without consequence or, or whatever like you know at least like you know a lot of the times you see like all right well there's nothing of value here like you know the directing's bad the acting's bad the characters aren't compelling the you know everything about it feels bland and lifeless and you know what's the point of this uh what's frustrating to me is that you know uh there's a lot of stuff here that is very much not that that is is actually very interesting and compelling and looks good um so i don't know it, it, it just makes me mad that it gets bogged down with a lot of stuff that i think is easily fixable you know like you 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 i mean maybe studios want this or, or, or something but like you know you could easily take out the the dumb bullshit supernatural stuff the cheap jump scares and you know like without a lot of that stuff um you know it wouldn't bother me as much and uh, i feel like that'd be uh, a nice improvement but hey what the hell do i know uh just a simple man with a uh, simple taste so <laughs> yeah I, I i i'm going to go a bit higher than you uh, i think i'm going to give it a 6.5 it's i can't quite go to the seven and say good because there's just enough things that i don't like but mm -hmm. i do think what it's trying for is commendable and i do think there's some there are some nice sequences and this, I think the early scenes where, like, you know, the black van will pull up and it'll go sort of, like, it'll fade out. And the black van's oh, always, yeah. like, out of focus or, like, Ethan mm -hmm. Hawke's always out of focus. And it kind of treats it as this foreboding thing where the black van's, like, jo like the shark from Jaws just roaming the streets. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, it's coming for someone. It's not a shark, it's a hawk. Uh -huh. All right. Um, so, yeah, 6.5 for me, mm -hmm. I think, is... Uh, where i land so hey it's, it's definitely the most positive i've ever been in a scott derrickson movie so you know <laughs> it's progress take it for what it is uh so yeah there you go that is uh that is uh the black phone so uh let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments like subscribe ding the bell for notifications all that stuff you can support all the content by hitting the super thanks button below the video or of mm -hmm. course by going to patreon.com slash tv 
and supporting everything for as little as a dollar per month. Get some bonuses. At the three dollar tier, you get the bonus episode every month, which is us just covering another movie, usually a goofier movie than the, the regular episodes. At the five dollar tier, you get access to even more streams, which is a monthly show where me and Tim just talk about all the other horror movies that we've been watching that have not been on the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested. Plus, you get bonuses for other things, mm-hmm. like the other shows that are on the channel and whatnot. So, go have a look. October. Sorry. It's October. It is October. And? <laughs> so people should be watching horror movies and paying attention to us. Uh, of course. But I agree. Of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. Thank you to Tyler Hess at the Palisades, David Sharp, Bordner, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Tradesman, and Alison M. Fordyce. That is the show, everyone. That has been Screams After Midnight. Happy October. Keep watching more horror movies. More than usual. Please do. Uh, we'll see you soon bye bye we're out bring bring